Hey up and welcome to episode 12 of the Forever Forest podcast. I'm your host, Freebs, and my fact this week is my granddad was a bomber pilot in the war and my initials are RAF. That's cool. It's not like I've said that three times. Um, editing, great. Since we last podded, Forest have had two home games by the Trent, Sheffield United in midweek and Preston on Saturday. And as Steve said, he'd been happy with on last week's pod, they collected four points. Joining me this week to discuss the last two games and hopefully not to have a meltdown about the intricacies of Jed Spence's fucking loan deal or the fact our manager likes to do a fist pump are a woman who, rumour has it around the Collingham area, that she invented bungee jumping uh, at 14. She was also a scout for Grimsby Town. It's Holly the Unmuted Royal. How are you doing, Holly? Really, really good. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How How's Collingham? Not been back for a while, but I was known to jump off a few hay bales back in the day. So That's yeah, quite accurate. Yeah, weirdly accurate again. Uh, and last by no means least, no joking about a woman who has once again thrown every bit of her into fundraising and ball setting up an auction item hunting for the Footsteps charity and has raised over 30k at least already. The wonder that is Lisa Fox, who's now highly embarrassed by this, no doubt. Hi, Lisa. Good evening. How are you doing? Not too bad. Did you have fun last weekend? It was incredible. Yeah, I just looked through 105 pictures on Facebook. and I am still overwhelmed by just how incredible it was. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was a blinking good weekend. Did you buy any items yourself? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if there's something you... Yes, actually, I did. I did. I won uh, with, a, with a group of mates. I won a couple of items in the auctions, which I'm really happy with. Uh, the other half might not be quite so happy with the items that he bought himself. <laughs> Okay, wonderful. It just if anyone might... wants a Ben Stokes cricket bat. It's oh, okay. <laughs> well, at least please don't use it in the household. Uh, for any, my mum. I just remember when uh, I was look, watching all the stuff from it this week that my mum, um, in the sort of late eighties, early nineties, used to do these children in need disco things in Skegness. I don't know if they happened everywhere, and we'd have to get donations in, and all the stuff would sit in our house for ages, and I would just like long for like that Super Nintendo, all that stuff. And it's just, it's when you've been doing fundraising stuff like that and donations come in, it's like, I want to nick that. <laughs> I want to nick that. But obviously not nick it, but you know, that's why I was asking if there's uh, if you donated wine, uh, just check how many actually got auctioned. Oh, there's Lisa's face. Okay. Um, so the dirty, um, Pig Blades. I wonder where we're going there for a minute. The Dirty Pig Blades of Sheffield rolled up to uh, face Super Steve's swashbuckling stallions on Tuesday night. And once again, we had to come from behind, but it was a great game. But let's kick it off with this one, uh, Lisa. Uh, Brennan dived a bit, didn't he? Get Sheffield United. Uh, jumping around a bit. No, you know. <laughs> no, no. Well, let's think about Tuesday. Um, I can't remember which was which. Did really, I, I think Brennan did really well on Tuesday. And um it wasn't, I mean, I, I, when we watched it straight away, it was a definite pen for me. Watching it back, mm, maybe a little bit dubious, but, you know, it, it, if it had been at the other end, it had probably been given. So you've got to try and uh, try and take your chances, haven't you? Seem worse. Yeah, definitely see people jumping about all over. But I think they need to get it sorted now that if it is a dive or whatever it is, and they see it as that, it's got to be a yellow or whatever because you're cheating. I've said that for years that, you know, yeah. simulation, as they kindly want to call it, is cheating. It's cheating you out your money if you're going to watch the game. It's cheating other people from trying to play the game. And I've never really sat with this or taken much truck with that thing that I think Shearer and people say with the guy. It's just, it's a professional way of the game. It doesn't have to be. I, I'm pretty sure you don't get it with snooker where someone starts putting a ball in at the side with her hand like a dog. No, no I think I think we're at that stage now with Brennan where he's got that little bit of a reputation for diving, um, unfortunately. Um, and that kind of is in the forefront of the referee's mind when he's going forward in an attack, um, which is a shame because actually 
you know, he's unstoppable on his day. As you know, when you watch him, you're I'm, I sit in the upper Trenton. So when you watch him running towards you with the ball, it's frightening. It's actually frightening just how much pace that guy has. Um, and obviously when, you know, he's got quick feet as well. So um, you've got to say, yes, it wasn't for me. Having watched it back, it wasn't a penalty in real time without the um, advantage of watching it back. I was quite surprised that it wasn't given, but mm. it's one of those, you know, Forest don't get many penalties, do they? No, and we'll come to that in a minute when we talk about PNE. Um, Holly, overall, I think we look good again. Wing-backs charging forward, attacking intent. Could uh, could be argued Sheffield United had more chances than uh, most do against us, really. But uh, it really is night and day how much we went away thinking, it, you know, it could have been another win, really. So, um, you know, how did you overall feel about Sheffield United as a game? Um, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed, really, that we didn't come away with all three points. I don't think they offered that much, to be honest. Um Kind of evenly matched game, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I think at, at home as well, um, I, I just kind of feel that we should have got more out of that game, really a bit disappointed. Um, I think they're there for the taking. But well, Billy Sharp you know, came on and didn't score against us, which we all thought was going to happen, didn't we? Yeah, true. But he did change the game when he came on, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so, you know. And the reception for Ben Osborne, you thought that was nice? Yeah, decent. That's um, Ryan Yates, you know, as he used to get the stuff that Ryan Yates now gets. So it's, I, I actually could hear a few knobheads, but I think overall it seemed like quite a nice reaction for him, really. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. I, don't, I couldn't really pick up on on the telly exactly, you know, how it went down, but it seemed to be okay. Seemed to be all right. Um, yeah, I would have been really upset if he had got a bit of a uh, bit of abuse, really, because I don't think he deserves it. So. No, he got hounded by Joe Worrell a few times I saw in the game, which I thought must have been the little words in the ears and stuff. And just briefly on that, Lisa, I guess with the stuff you've done with charity stuff as well, you must have had some interaction with some of these lads. I mean, Benny Osborne, you know, got involved for us, didn't he, really? He's a different character to your Yates and your Worrell, I'm sure. That's what it seems to me anyway from the outside. But you're glad to see that as well, the reaction he got there at City Ground. Yeah, completely. He's he's another one. You know, I advocate the the honesty and and stuff from players, and he's another one that um, sometimes his the the reaction from our certain sections of our fans was very much undeserved. Um, very articulate guy off the pitch as well. Very clever. Um, he's now looking to move into coaching. I or Charlie had the privilege um, of going to a coaching session. I think about three four years ago. So it's sort of under 13s, 14s when they were setting up their. Um, the football school and you know Benny came to, came off at the end and he he, he recognised me you know knew who I was and we, we've always had a little bit of banter that I've got photos of Charlie over the years of him growing and now Charlie kind of towers over him which I would yeah. say five percent of the population do um, and you know, the the overriding thing for me on uh, on the, the game on Tuesday was how much yes he got applauded off um, and at the end. Joe Lolly was there with his arm around him and, you know, having a, a, a nice little man cuddle as they do, because I know they were really good mates when he was at Forest. And I think I've, I've said it before that we've got to remember when where, where Lolly is concerned, um, that he lost his best mate when Benny went and then he lost his next best mate when Matty went. And maybe his, you know, he, he kind of felt a little bit lost last year, which uh, this year it looks like he's got his mojo back a bit and it was it was good to see. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and do you know what? I mean, I, I can't stand them for reasons of Sir Sheffield United. And it's, you, I don't know if you get it too, but when you've played a team at home and you're not beat them, you think of the away. It's like Derby this year. Like we've got a point away when we were awful. So I'm, in my head now, I'm thinking bragging rights are ours with the sheep this year and obviously with them going into meltdown. So Sheffield United away, um, always a lovely experience being called a scab when you've never been down a mine in your life. Uh, but that will be coming up later in the year. Um, so we move on to the weekend where we faced uh, at the time definitely an informed press in North End on a similar sort of form when we played Huddersfield as well I think we sort of won three out of four um, I must admit I was a bit concerned about this one but uh, the Reds got the result a clean sheet and a nice clutch of goals too uh, Lisa while you're there uh, Lewis Graben's a bit lazy and past it isn't he? <laughs> I love Lewis jazz hands for Lewis I, uh, the guy that sits behind me when when we signed him um, literally slated him slated him slated him and I I Turn around and I said to him, I said, if Lewis Graben doesn't get 15, 20 goals this season, I'll be really surprised. Um, and he said, well, if he does, then I'll eat my words. And he did. And we, 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 when we weren't allowed to clap last year, we did jazz hands. Every, you know, jazz hands is, is kind of the way to go. So, so we, we do the jazz hands every time that Lewis gets the goal. Yeah. And he's back, isn't he? He's, he's back to the Lewis that we know. And uh, I wouldn't want him to be anywhere other than at our club at the minute. Yeah, I I'll, I will admit, just as much as I can sit on my high horse for Ryan Yates, and uh, well, I don't think I'd have to do it with Scott McKenna. I just always thought he'd just be class, and he was. But with Graben, especially with ducking from the corner gate, and God knows what, and why, you know, if I, I switched on Football Manager the other day, the new one, it said pick your captain, and I changed it to Warrell and McKenna. I straight away changed it. I was like, I'm not having him as captain. I don't care if he scored a few goals this year, but he's not a captain for me. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely putting that ball in. And from how bad that start was to be on six, seven goals already is 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 not bad going. Saying that we've been absolutely dog egg for most of the start of the season. Um, Holly, we finally got a penalty after what felt like 32 clear-cut ones. Uh, we haven't had one go our way over the past few weeks. Was that definitely a pen for you, this one? Um, for me, he kicked his foot. So, yeah, I think it was a bit for you. Um, not completely clear-cut. Clear-cut, clear-cut, clear-cut. But yeah, like you say, Bob, the law of averages, you know, we're going to get one soon, aren't we? And we did. And yeah, I think he... He goes to play the ball, doesn't he? And he just clips him on the back of the ankle. Um, so, you know, he still fouled him at the end of the day, but he's, he's got his hands in the air as he's hanging. I didn't even touch him, ref, but he did. And it was a penalty. So fair play. Um, nicely put away by grabs, I thought. Um, you know, he had a little spell, didn't he, where he was a bit... Um, say that, yeah. Okay. Say that, yeah, <laughs> period, didn't he, where he wasn't... Yeah, where he just he couldn't score penalty. I remember that one against... Um, Birmingham away last year and we would have gone 2-0 up and he, he, he just he fluffed his lines up oh, camp saved didn't, didn't he but um, so yeah he's obviously a lot more confident now which is great to see um, yeah pleased that we got a pen and we put it away definitely I'm going to come on to what we mentioned earlier on and stay with you for this one Holly and this is probably the question I did send you when you asked me what the hell the question was all about um, I'm going to discuss Brennan Johnson a bit more detail for me He's still really frustrating in some ways as he does wondrous things, as as in Lisa was saying, a la ripping most defences apart with his pace like he did for grab second on um, Saturday. But it still really does feel to me like 50-50 on what will happen with that final shot or pass. I, I know he's a young player, but he must have been playing the game like 15 odd years. I mean, how do you see his pro pro progression for you so far? Um, at the moment, really positive. I mean, he was stifled out a little bit under Hewton, I think. Um I think he's now working under a manager that can get the best out of him. Um, I think as long as he stays at Forest at the moment under Cooper, I think he's only going to get better. Um, I really hope that we don't lose him in the January transfer window. I mean, there's a 
one of my colleagues at work who's a Brentford fan is still uh, obsessed that they're going to sign him in January. Uh, whether that's the case, I don't know. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think he's he's still a rough diamond. He's still quite small. And, you know, he can still grow in stature, I think, and improve his final decision making, as you say. Um, bags of potential. Um, but I don't think he's quite ready for the Premiership yet. Um, I think he's still got to get a few more games under his belt really before he goes and sits on a Premier League bench so um, yeah hopefully he stays at Forest and um, you know he's still got plenty of progression to make I think yeah, you say about being small. It's funny because when you don't go to the games much which I, I don't often obviously with distance a lot of time it's trying to guess heights of players this should be a game we play one week on a quiz how to, who was taller Steve Stone or Ben Osborne you have to like just work it out from the past um, like Lisa's uh, ball the other day there's a picture where Alan March looks about six foot nine. Either he stood next to midgets or Alan is is really tall. And I've never stood next to Alan and be like, is Alan tall, Lisa? Just bringing you in on that one. That's a he's, former he's, host to current host. Well, well, taller than me, but then that's not hard. <laughs> well, I know, but like there was three people in the picture and he he, he was towering over him. Um, I'm who, sure he didn't. Who else was in the photo? Uh, if it was his wife if it was his dad. I was going to say, if it was his wife and his wife's mum, then no, he's not tall. It's just average, but they are really short. Okay, so there's a future skill for you there. Just gone right off topic. If you want to look really, really tall in photographs, stand next to smaller people. Um, Lisa, probably a bit of a loaded one, as I know you and I have firmly been in his camp for months, if not years now. But Ryan Yates is something else at the moment, isn't he? Let's get excited oh. about Ryan Yates and let's not call him that first name. Ry Ry. sake. So for those who don't listen to it on the radio, I let it what out. My ex-girlfriend Holly, used to call Holly, me that. Holly will tell us he got his own song. Uh, in in what were you in why one in on Saturday, Holly? No, I mean I'm in B Block, so I heard them start it over on in Lower Bridgeford, and it's just they're just taking on the, the Brian Rice song, haven't they? And it's uh, it's just lovely to hear. Is Ryan Yates number two is Ryan Yates. Yeah, indeed. Yates. Wow. We all live in a world of Ryan Yates. World of Ryan Yates, and uh, long overdue. So I was having a discussion with somebody today about Carvalho. It was on about him getting in the side. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the reasons for it. But I was just, you know, I did the whole thing where I don't want him to fail. I've always said I want Forrest to do well. I don't care who's playing. If Lisa got a game randomly and started bagging him in, it, it, I wouldn't care. You know, I don't know. Is that allowed? <laughs> is, is there a law in the game? So. Okay, I was just checking. I just didn't know. Um, I was looking at Holly there, thinking Holly will know. Um, Not yet. No, okay. So, <laughs> all right. Certain sports definitely think snooker should be. Anyway, let's go going down that another line. Uh, yeah, give us a message. Sports you think women should definitely play with men that don't, and let's keep it clean. Um, but yeah, it's just like with the Carvalho when he clear. I can't even see a route into that side for the position he plays and how it's going. But we like Yates, for instance, just come alive, hasn't he? Him and Colback. It's a great partnership for me, um, and like I've, I've, I'm a firm believer. Every single season. Um, of a clean slate you know players change players mature players progress over the course of this of a season um and especially so when when a different manager comes in um so whilst we started the season and, and everybody was a little bit rubbish um that clean slate started six weeks ago and we started again um and they are both for me up there phenomenal you know whatever Yates he misses Colback picks up he's now two goals in the last three games um, and you can't fault him. He's he's playing with a smile on his face, which you never saw under Hewton. And I know that there were some that, both of them some issues that you know. Well, I know he wasn't really playing um, and not even getting anywhere near the eighteen. Um, but, Lisa, pardon? 
Steady, Lisa. It sounded like you had inf- inside info for a minute there, mate. Never, never. Um, and he's he now just just to you know he he is playing a game that he very clearly enjoys, and I I think you can say that across the squad that we've got a squad that's got that togetherness back of two seasons ago that they seem to like each other again. Um, you know, even even our, our Lyle at the moment is uh, <laughs> yeah, it's getting making the headlines. <laughs> no, it's funny because um, uh, Aaron sent me the picture of Lyle um, from the the clip um, off the off the radio, and I genuinely at first thought someone had mashed together Lyle's hair with Brennan Johnson's face. <laughs> so when Lyle Taylor does a Marty face, I think he looks like Brennan Johnson. <laughs> so I thought I knew Aaron had probably been on the source. So I wasn't too sure. Um, Holly, I'm going to skip the question about Colback. So I was going to send you them because we sort of just talked about it. Really, I want you to talk about the wonder that is Scott McKenna. I, he's I noticed the other day that he does, he is absolutely astonishingly good as a centre-back. He's not only, he doesn't really ever give it away. I saw him mess up once against Fulham, but that's because Figs was doing twister with him or something in the centre spot. Um, But like in terms of the composure, the strength, the passing, every time I see a centre-back do it, it's him. In fact, he makes Worrell look a little bit on edge, which Worrell isn't normally. But, you know, I think McKenna is, I'm fanboying big. Yeah, I think in terms of our, you know, great wall of Nottingham at the back. He's definitely the biggest character, isn't he? I mean, he's actually really fast as well. You just watch him trying to get to a ball and he's always there. His head's there, his foot's there. He's just he's just there. And then I love his little um, surging runs forward that he makes as well. That's really quite inspiring, kind of Wes Morgan-esque. Um, <laughs> I love it. And uh, yeah, brilliant. One of the best signings we've made in recent years, I think, Scott McKenna, fantastic. Um, just need him to get a goal now, a sort of towering header the back post um, icing on the cake I think for him well yeah he scored moment. in the only home game I got to this year but Bournemouth from across uh, do you know what I'm going to change the question here again Lisa because I had some question about formations and because we'll leave that to the other podcast that reach spots that others can't about formations and in depth and uh, you know expected goals and God knows what let's get rid of that let's go with the more of the everyday uh, every man and every woman questions why Forrest so shit at corners <laughs> What sort of question's that? Just why? Why do you think it is? Because it's baffling me. Because I'm not I don't know, alone. Just rubbish. We didn't, we didn't start the season shit at corners though, did we? I think Zinkinigal was doing all right to start off with with, with his crossing. Um, maybe it's just the play the teams that we've been playing against. You know, we've we've played some t- teams like Millwall that have got big, massive defenders. That are, maybe it's not our corners that's so rubbish. Maybe it's just the fact that people are defending them better. Yeah, but other teams score them against us and stuff, don't they? I mean, it's just like, I, do you know what? I, I think maybe I'm tripping here, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not. For those listening, we don't. I can go. I can go there. back to a um, <coughs> FA Cup game in the nineties. Colin Cooper scored in the eighties. Remember that one? And my sister and I decided that game. The, the, the saying that we came up with is we never score from corners. I'm going back 20 odd years now. <laughs> and yeah. we never score from corners. And we scored from a corner. So we say it every And we still don't do it that often. So it's it's not a recent thing, is it, that we uh, that we don't do very well from set pieces? No, I mean, I'd like to see the stats and what other teams do because we all naturally do that thing where it's our club, don't we? I, I speak to my mate Fudge all the time real name Dan Fudge host of the Sheffield Wednesday version of this um, and you know he says Wednesday fans bloody hell Raz he calls me Raz not Rai Rai he says Raz we're bloody miserable they had a thing on Radio Chef called, called Praise or Grumble how many do you think or how many people do you think actually praised 
hardly any of them. So it's like other clubs are very similar to what we do. Do you know what I mean? We, we all have our moans about things. We all think it's us that can't hit a barn door. You know, it's all, you know, we're all very similar. And that's why often when I'm watching a game, I start trying to transfer myself to the other side because, you know, we're winning 2-1. We're all crapping it, aren't we? We're going, oh, bloody hell. But when you do flip it and do what the other fans are thinking, they're going, we're not getting in this. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of them. Um, I'm going to end with one quick one before we have a, a special guest arrive. Um, so we've got a few weeks off with Forest due to international games. Uh, for once, it seems like it's come to a time and Forest are getting going uh, once again. Well, actually once again. Um, Lisa, how do you see Forest doing when they return from international against Reading? And here's the sub question. Where are they going to finish the season as it stands? Ooh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Oh, we've got all the good questions here. Um, well, what are we going to do against Reading? Well, hopefully we'll continue on the uh, the unbeaten run that we are on and um, we'll go down there and carry on playing the nice, articulate, free-flow football that we saw for the majority of the game. I, I actually... Yeah, articulate football, is that what we're calling it? Articulate football. Right. <laughs> it was slick. It was nice. I liked it. It was... It was Something to to do on a Saturday afternoon when you were absolutely knackered, and <laughs> my, my club kept the smile on my face. What more do I have to say? Um, in terms of where we're going to finish, we can change this during the season. I'm asking you right now on November the ninth at two minutes to seven. Where's the NFFC finishing? Eighth. Did you say eighth or did you say th and just put a number? Eighth. Oh, eight. Eight. Okay. Th. Same question to you, Holly Royal. Uh, where are them uh, when them when them Reds finishing? Um, I genuinely had eighth as well in my head, and I'm not just saying that. Um, I think we've got a few difficult way games against the big guns, haven't we, coming up? Um, so, yeah, I, getting into the playoffs is a dream, I think, at the moment, considering the the start that we had. But uh, around seventh or eighth, I think, is quite doable. Go fourth. Just see your wow. um, so yeah, there we go. That's that's a roundup of all things the other game. So we have got uh, a, we've got a person who's joined us here called Esteban. Uh, judging by their screen presence, um, I tried to look them up uh, online to see what the official uh, thing was, and I think I might have got it wrong because it said uh, Paul is a journalist, writer, and broadcaster on European affairs based in Paris, and he writes the uh, Europe at Large column for Politico. Um, might not be that guy, but hi, Paul Taylor, are you there? Is, uh... There's actually a jazz musician as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you're not either. Is that what the Esteban name's coming from for today? <laughs> no, that's something else. Uh, we, I occasionally get tweets from American radio stations who uh, talk about playing my latest saxophone ditty. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's even more I'd love to be able to play the saxophone, but, you know. Tell's welcome for joining us, mate. Yeah, nice to be here. Good to talk yeah, to we, you. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, uh, how many years was it at the Evening Post? <laughs> 25. <laughs> Well, I, the I was, I was 14 when I joined. Wow. What is that real? <laughs> no, I was 18. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, the visual blurb on the athletic, who obviously you write for now, said uh, 25 years at the post. And I was uh, thinking, Christ almighty, that's uh, what What was the first game that you covered with them? Who was who was in charge when you started? Do, do you know what? The first game I covered was actually Wimbledon Arsenal uh, at Salos Park. And it was unbelievable because uh, <laughs> there was there was ladies there who bought you beer during the game in the press box. And I, I thought that was the way it was going to be for the rest of my career, that, that you'd just sit in the press box, watch football and have beer and food brought to you yeah. like you're some sort of Roman emperor. Uh, but no, sadly, it, it didn't quite turn out that way. Uh, but yeah, oh. it, it's not been too bad, to be fair. 
Well, yeah, we're going to come to so Dan, who's normally on this, who's over in uh, New York City. He's uh, he couldn't make it today because he's got some business meeting or whatever, and he sent a few questions for you. So he's doing that thing of hiding behind the veil of the uh, Atlantic Ocean to fire it. The f- first one I'm going to sort of say really is that's what I wanted wanted to do. I went to uni to be a sports journalist. I wanted to be the guy that went, you know, we're going to go to the World Cup and Ryan Freebury and all this kind of business, but got lost in music and all this stuff. Not a Sister Sledge reference there. Um, but what I did do after uni was I went to do some work experience with the Star in Sheffield, and they took me to you know with when Warnock was in charge and I thought it's oh, great it's all and I just want to know your opinions on how many times you've seen this kind of thing they've just beaten somebody in the FA Cup someone was doing an interview Warnock comes in and basically told someone to fuck off straight away because it was his time to talk and it's just like in my head I was like 19 and someone going oh my god look at this this is edgy and the bloke went he always does this um, so my one-off question really in terms of forest managers that you dealt with best and worst to deal with if you can oh Christ do you know what there's, there's more good ones than bad I mean, the worst one you could probably imagine, but that that was... Uh, do you know what? It was really curious with Billy because the, the first time he was... The first time he was in charge, uh, and people might not know this, but we, we actually got on quite well and it was a bit of a... It was a bit of a mystery why the second, the second time around was so hard work for all of us because even a few weeks before he left Forest, uh, I went to scout a game with him. I went to uh, a game at Reading against Preston with him and Ned Kelly. Uh I think it was mainly because he wanted to hold me captive in a car for three hours and talk to me about how mistreated he was by the club owners. But, uh, but yeah. And then like a few weeks later, he obviously departed at the end of the season. Then when he came back, everything had changed and he he just became this weird, paranoid, uh, combative character who just really, I think he wanted to use his relationship with the media as being a kind of tool in the dressing room, a kind of to, to enhance that them against us kind of attitude, us against the world. We're gonna, nobody likes us. The media don't like us. Mm. Everybody's against us, but us here in this dressing room, we're together, we're unified and we're going to take on the world and prove everybody wrong. Uh, but yeah, he, he was probably the most difficult to work with. Uh, the best. What he, what he did was at the time was it he turned a club that, you know, I know from being in exile from the Midlands and the North down in the South for a lot of years, that a lot of team, a lot of football fans don't mind Forest. It's like good club. Even my granddad used to go, not been the same since Robin Hood and make jokes about it, but people liked Forest. And I think Billy at that time turned us into a thing where going, he did what to a cameraman at there. And he, it's just, yeah. it was a very bizarre. It felt weird that Forest were kind of disliked because of Chairman Davis. But um, who, who are you moving to on the, uh, the nicer end? But you said most of them have been. Yeah, most of them have been pretty good. I mean, even... Even Sean O'Driscoll, who arrived with a famous reputation for being difficult with the media, was absolutely brilliant, as long as you didn't ask him any stupid questions. If you asked him how much question, he he, he just wouldn't answer it. Like if you, I, I saw him reduce, uh, I mean, this wasn't particularly funny, but he, he reduced a, a, a female radio journalist to, to tears when she asked how pleased he was with a, uh, a performance. And he just held out his hands as, as if to demonstrate the size of a fish he'd caught. Uh, and, and she kept asking the, asking the question and he kept doing the same thing. And it was just, it was hard to watch, but that was just him. He, he didn't like stupid questions or questions that uh, were, were predictable. If you asked him something interesting, he'd, he'd really give you an interesting answer. So it just became a challenge just to make sure that you didn't go down a predictable path with him. Uh, Dougie was very good. Dougie was brilliant. Uh, Stuart Pierce was uh, better with the media than he perhaps was with the team at times. Uh, he, he he just used to come into his press conferences every week before the games and he'd want to talk to you about what films you'd seen or what books you were reading or if you liked certain music. He was just a very personable, friendly and, and thoughtful character who really 
from the first moment wanted to disown his psycho persona and not be known as psycho anymore. It, 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 it's one of his first messages was, you know, I'm not psycho. I'm not psycho isn't back. I'm Stuart Pierce. And I always thought that had he bought psycho back with him a little bit, he might've been a little bit of a better manager because the player said he never used to give them a rollicking at all. He just used to, you know, go in and say, hard luck lads, good performance. And the lads would be sat there waiting for him to tear a strip off them. And it never came. It's ironic because he's the one that there was definitely times when that team started to fall apart that he thought it needs that. Like, yeah. And it just didn't happen. So um, I'm going to switch to one of Dan's before I see if uh, Holly or Lisa have got any questions, which should be uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> Dan's uh, gone with the bit about favourite away ground for food, journalism section, obviously. Oh. Or are they all the same? <laughs> no, you see, this is about the broadest topic that there could be. This is something I feel passionately about. because what we want to know. It's, it's <laughs> like when we have people you know, who screwed on the badges on the side of the stadiums. We don't want the usual thing of what's it like to hold a pen. We want there's to know, been, that, you know, your day in, day out. There's been long periods where I don't think it'd be unkind to say that the food was often the high point of the day when you were following Forest. I mean, not so much now. It's going better now. But blimey, uh, the, the buffet at Chelsea is something to behold. It's like being on a cruise ship, first-class liner. It's it's unbelievable. Um, Man City was the same. Uh, the pies at Sheffield United, they're, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, yeah. The, a wonderful the, section. Can you come on each week? Oh, you're making me hungry now. I'm ready for my tea. I've actually got a chicken pie downstairs. It's going, but it's fun. We'll get it. <laughs> uh, who, who's, who's, is there an expectation though? Because obviously I, I, my, my connection is obviously that one time at Sheffield United or riders from doing music where you expect a certain thing there. Are there any grounds where they just go, you're not brought a pack up, mate? <laughs> well, during COVID, yeah, almost everybody. Yeah. Uh, most clubs are pretty good. Uh, Forest went through a spell where they were actually one of the worst ones, but in recent years, they've been far, far better. You, you Until COVID hit, you used to get... Uh, there was like a, a hot meat, <laughs> hot meat. God, that sounds wrong. Uh, there's like a roast, meat, <laughs> roast meats and pies and all sorts of forest. It got a lot better. Uh, now we get a little pack up, but that's mainly due to COVID. Uh, we, you, you might be able to tell by my physique that on a match day you eat quite well. It, it, it's, it's not, it's not a, a career for the uh, for those that don't like to get tucked into a nice. No. Yeah, there's not, there's not a section where you're doing sit-ups in the corner. or uh, No, no, there's, there's no Pilates class after matches, unfortunately. I'm going to go with the last of two uh, for Dan. And then, uh, Holly, have you got any? Are you going to give me a nod or not if you have? Because I'll bring you in after this one. Okay, she has. I didn't want to go, Holly, you got any questions? She's going, no, I, I don't really care for the guy. <laughs> um, so Dan, you never know. Dan's gone, um, what is the most biased club for their own journalists and commentators? Apart from Forrest. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, the most biased do you know what does do my head in? And they are quite a friendly club. They're quite welcoming. But Reading, for the last, I don't know how long now, have uh, on the team sheet, the bloody team sheet, they have the 12th man, the Reading fans. Um, no, but they also have that hideous song. And I know I'm not one to judge in lots of ways because I've written some crappers. But that, that <laughs> Reading song as well, it probably, is that their ethos then? Reading have gone with this whole, we are the 12th man. Yeah, it, it just does my head in. And, and, uh, at Hull, they have this bizarre tiger, tiger burning bright, elaborate thing before the match, which just seems a bit tossed, to be frank. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of it has changed. I mean, I, I'm getting more and more that I'm getting older and going. I'm now I'm 41, I'm 41 in January, and how much of football has changed from the days of my granddad rolling up to Hillsborough with a pipe, going, "I used to work here. Can I show my grandson round?" And they went, "Yeah, come on in." You know, just things have changed a lot. Um, Holly, uh, where's where's your questioning going? And it can't be, was it really bad, Gio? <laughs> <laughs> that was Dan's, by the way. I stole that. Oh, um, 
I've got a few actually, Tails. Um, Don't worry. Okay, so I'm going to go with, so as an insider's view, what do you think was responsible for the uh, capitulation of two seasons ago? Oh, Holly, Um, hot hitter. (laughs) Well, under Sabri? Yeah. Do you know what? That's really hard because it it just felt like it was, it was like a rock rolling downhill that was just gathering momentum and gathering moss. I, I don't think COVID helped, but mm. it, it was once the rock set in. Obviously, there's that moment against Derby, that goal that was conceded that was partly Joe Worrell's fault and partly Bree Sambers. And from that moment on, when they didn't win that game, it just felt like momentum was lost and things went downhill from, from, from that point. And with each passing game where they couldn't quite get over the finishing line into the top six. It just became more and more pressured right up to the point where even though it it needed such a a ridiculously unique set of circumstances on that final day against Stoke, I think it was almost at the back of the players' minds that, hang on, it could happen. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like they were thinking, right, we're going to get over the finishing line. It almost became like, ooh, we, we can't let this happen, can we? And the atmosphere that day was just so strange. I know the stadiums were empty, but it felt flat. It felt like it, it was devoid of atmosphere in the city ground, but it was more than that. It, it, there was a tentativeness, a nervousness around the actual performance and and, and the team. And you can almost feel it coming that day. Uh, and and Sabri Lamucci, is, he, he's, he's never been lost for words. He was great to talk to. He was another one that you could put in that, you know, category earlier on that when I was asked about who was the best to work with, he was up there. He was absolutely brilliant. You can ask mm. him one question and he talks to you for 15 minutes and and talk really well and really colourfully and and give you, you know, unique stories that you've perhaps not heard before. But he was absolutely lost for words after that game. He he asked he answered one question uh and it was basically just an apology in the press conference. He said, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I don't know what's happened. Uh and then and then left, uh, and that 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 was about it. So it's a hard one to pin exactly where it went wrong, but you could kind of see it coming, and it it, mm. it was really odd because they played with such confidence and such belief under Sabri for so long, and it was almost like a bubble had burst and something just changed overnight. Almost in that moment, they conceded that goal against Derby. It was I've never seen anything like it, and you know. Let's hope we don't see anything like it again. COVID definitely didn't help, but COVID can also be uh, responsible for financial, uh, you know, issues as Derby have shown. So it's quite a powerful disease because obviously it can lead to you <laughs> being Mel Morris. So bit of a dig there. Holly, uh, any more? Um, okay, so my final one is everyone's got a Brian Clough story. Um, what's <laughs> yours? Do you, do you know what? This is my probably my biggest disappointment in journalism. Uh I never once, and I started at the Post in 1994, I never once had the opportunity to interview him or talk to him or or even meet him. Uh, For the first few years, I was at the Post. I I covered Mansfield. I covered Notts County. Uh, Do you know what? I did meet him once, actually, but it was at a Burton game, and we just little more than a hello and how you're doing. But that that was it. Uh, And his star had long since faded by that point. He was out of football and had just gone there to watch Nigel. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, it is my biggest regret, but I, I don't really have a, a club story other than second-hand ones that, you know, came from... The, the, Trevor Bartlett, the old post photographer, had some absolute corkers about going to Europe and, and you know, following Cluffy around on on planes and, and the, the, the mischief and stuff they'd get up to there. But I, I'd only be recycling his stories and, and not ones of my own, I'm afraid. You can, I'm going to jump in one that I, I, 
there's times when obviously I've had discourse with you on Twitter about it, but uh, questions like how much fun are things like when's the new kit out? <laughs> when's the fixtures? Where's the signing sales? It's like, I'm not, I've said to you before, I think on things, I, you, you're not a journalist because you want an easy time in lots of ways. You've got to have a thick skin and you've got to, you know, to get the stories as much as to write them and to deal with people don't like to hear what they don't want to hear. If you're yeah. telling the truth, we oh, it's a journalist and it's got an angle. You see it Dan as well. You know, it's like, oh, he's got an angle. That's why he's, and then look at some of the power that journalism can do with some of the stuff at Man City and all that stuff as well. So it's like, is that just a, is Twitter made that, in some ways your immediacy is great, but it must have also made that job such a different world to live in since when you started. Yeah, you have to have a thick skin to be on Twitter, that's for sure. It, it, it's not bad, you know, it's, there's more positives than negatives still. You just have to learn to deal with it. And if I'm entirely honest, the I don't block as many people as I'm mute. You know, the, the, there's probably people whistling into the wind who, who others might see giving me grief or I don't see anymore. So uh, there's, there's probably people out there wondering why they've called me all the names under the sun every Saturday for the last six months and are still not blocked. But, you know, I just don't see it. Uh, yeah, Lisa, have you... Have you, do you <laughs> Have you got any questions, Lisa? <laughs> I call him. I, I call him all the names under the sun every day. Um, no, the, I've I muted you as well, by the way. Because yeah, it's not care. a time. Obviously, we ask Lisa stuff, and obviously, like, your relationship. It's like Lisa will go, "I can't, I can't," and whatever. And I know from stuff you kind of can't ask. But it's now Lisa. You could ask Paul things now. You can see. I, I, no comment. I, it's quite interesting to to hear him, him talk because obviously, I I kind of live it on a daily basis. I don't normally let him. Um, she doesn't listen. I don't listen. I don't get one ear out the other. Um, I want to hear his uh, his story about Megson. <laughs> I love it. Oh. I love it because I know Paul's probably going. Sorry, not that one. <laughs> uh, but, but which story? I mean, there's the, the main one, I suppose. Uh, you know, <laughs> your story that no one's really heard before that you can tell us, Paul. That's the one. Uh, Gary Megson uh, was actually. Uh, he was an old school kind of football manager who perhaps valued the, uh, appreciated the value of, of building a strong relationship with the local newspaper reporter. And after his first press conference, he, uh, he told the press officer to ask me to stay behind because he wanted to have a chat with me individually and, you know, perhaps build a rapport with uh, the guy from the post, you know? Uh, so the, the press officer took me into uh, the home dressing room, which was slightly bizarre, but as it turns out, it was because uh, Gary was was having a shower. Um, so my first real interaction were with with Gary Megson was uh, as he towelled himself dry uh, in 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 the home dressing room. And football people, should we say, don't really have any issues with personal space or with being naked in front of other people. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, an interesting moment or two trying to ask him serious questions whilst uh he's in flagrancy yeah no yeah, hold on that mean, himself no, that mean quite, having sex I can't quite, quite quite vigorously uh wow. trying not sex yeah yeah <laughs> that would have been a very different story um do, do you know the uh, for, for anyone who's who is eating right now the only the only <laughs> thing i've got close to that is when i used to be a sound engineer at butlins and they made me go and ask Chaz from Chaz and dave what he wanted in his monitor for the sound mix and he was stood in some purple briefs uh <laughs> And I went, hi, I'm Ryan, the monitor engineer. He went, all right, Ryan. You know, it's all this kind of business. He went, all right, uh, what do you want? He's there just grabbing at his bollocks. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and then I decided to just break the ice by going, why did you get to sing a song for the 1991 Cup final? And Forrest didn't get anyone to sing. And he looked <laughs> bewildered and then we left. Um, just on... I did, 
I, yeah, I did once to tell you one other story that, 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 that on a similar theme. The first time I ever met David Platt was our, the, our regular forest writer at that point, Wilco, was off uh, or something like that. And I was I was sent down for some reason to go and speak to David Platt. And he was he was actually really personable and really friendly. Uh, but for the entire time I was sat in his office, he he literally spent 20 minutes, half an hour with not one, but both hands down the front of his trousers, having a right old good scrummage at, you know, little David and, and yeah. the two boys. Uh, and then, uh, 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 you know, you kind of become, you tune that kind of stuff out. But then as we left, I, I had a really massive decision to make because as the meeting finished and I went to leave the, the, oh. the, the office, he extends a hand to me and offers to shake my hand. And I, what do you do in that moment? Do, do, you, no. do you literally, it, it's almost akin to, you know, touching it yourself, isn't it? And, you know, as much as he was a, a, an England hero, you don't really want to be nestling his ball bag in your hand. No, um, that's so, a quote. So, so yeah, I, I said to him, look, I hope you won't be offended, but I know where your hand's been for the last 20 minutes. And he thankfully laughed at me and, and took it in good spirits. But yeah. Um, oh, we've got sections. Tales tells you about the pies of the north of England and which people he's seen naked in football. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the integrity uh, of this podcast just went down here. Hey, no, I'm just thinking of like the headlines. Lisa. I mean, Paul knows what a scoop is, right? I mean, it's um the, the other one is really briefly to do with the regimes because obviously we saw it under Chris Hutton where there was a lot of the talk about you know what's going on with the club in the Athletic as well um, regarding you know what has been promised, what was going on with um, as we call him Tiny Face Ventos, and uh, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and probably we'll end with where you see the club at the minute and the state of it at the moment. But comparing. Is this, comp- you know, somebody said something about, oh, it's, co- it's all right versus Fawaz. And I was saying, yeah, but that's kind of like making Hitler the moral barometer. It's kind of not a good example. But the night and day of what these two ownerships are, even with, you know, the, I know recently there has been some talk of what's been going on behind the scenes with Forrest under the under the Greeks, I guess. But the Fawaz era really was a different kind of special, wasn't it? Fawaz, Fawaz was a, a a man with good intentions. He genuinely was. He he. He genuinely wanted Forrest to be a success. Now, the reasons for that, you know, might have been very narcissistic. I think he wanted to uh, be the man that revived Forrest's fortunes and get all the the credit and uh, adulation that came with that. I, I think he quite liked being the owner of a football club that could go onto Twitter and and seek interaction and praise with 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 Forrest fans. But he was a a, a very honest and very naive character. He trusted the wrong people who he surrounded himself with people who were just yes men and, and would tell him he was doing the right thing and, and wouldn't sell him, uh, give him any actual decent advice. They'd just nod along and say, yes, Fawaz, that's a great idea, Fawaz. And he he, he, he was an affable idiot in, in terms of running a football club. He, he, he just made a succession of poor decisions and, and wasn't capable individually of of being the man to run a, a championship football club and crucially didn't surround himself with people who could fill that void and 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 take on those responsibilities when uh it became more than just dipping his his hand in his pocket i mean he he will have lost an extraordinary amount of money and and people uh, seem to forget that as, as bad as he was and as much as the bills racked up and the club's reputation got damaged by you know not looking after local businesses and and winding up orders that used to come periodically seemingly on a regular basis uh it wasn't through a lack of a lack of desire or a lack of willingness to put his own money into the thing it he just got himself deeper and deeper into a hole until until it was, you know, untenable for him and he, he just had to leave. But you almost felt a bit sorry for him because, 
you know, he'd, he'd have a habit. He'd quite often ring you and you'd, you'd just know that you were going to get a 45-minute Fawaz rant and then you'd get to say about three words at the end of it and that at the end of the conversation. It, it, it was just was really... Just didn't want any negativity press-wise It was or any questioning of anything. No, I don't, I don't mean he'd rant at you about the coverage. He'd just rant about fans, about, you know, how they don't appreciate him, about how... Uh, you know, he was trying to do the right thing and he, he'd tell you his plans for what he wanted to do and, you know, why he'd done certain things and then just complain that he, he wasn't appreciated. And you, you you couldn't tell him that, you know, he needed to do X or Y. He just wouldn't listen. It was just about him venting. It was... Uh, uh, yeah, it's... Hard character to explain, but but yeah, I, you, you felt a little bit sorry for him, even if at the same time you could very clearly recognise what his faults were and where he was falling down. Uh, very difficult for me to say I felt sorry for him, the amount of songs I wrong about the bloke, but it's, uh, I know what you're saying. It was, I just, as a, as a straight out, you know, what I saw happening to my club, I just saw it as killing it. And I just, at the yes. end of the day, I, and I know I'm not disagreeing with you because you had more interaction with obviously the bloke. It felt like a, an idiot to me. Someone who was just going, you know, you saw the pictures when he was outside the Forest Sports Club, wasn't it? Just going like, yeah, no, it felt like he wanted that love and that adoration yes. of it, but didn't Absolutely. really know what the hell he was doing on how he was going to get there. No, that's what I'm saying. He, he, he was he was an idiot, but he was uh, an idiot with good intentions. Uh, now know. we're dealing with, I know it's a different, you know, with the Olympiacos thing, they've obviously, they know how to run a club in Greece, especially. And that was, I guess, my biggest worry as a fan was going, the English league is so different in lots of ways. And what we've heard about Vrentos and we read with, you know, Dan in the Athletic as well, and yourself at times with what's going on there, it's like this, you know, is the Dane Murphy thing, is the Cooper alignment, all that kind of stuff, is the club just, again, it just seems as fans, we're slow to get these things aligned all the time. Well, what, what do you mean? Do you mean, how, are you asking how much it's changed since Dane, Dane Murphy's come on board? Well, yeah, because it just, it's felt like if you, it's not like we you, you demand, it has to be success and whatever you do, just because you've got a new owner and Fowers has gone, but it seemed like they've had to listen or it's changed by getting him in rather than just being run by their own people, I guess, in a sense, or maybe I'm being naive to that. No, I think, you know, I think they realised that the the way they were working to some degree wasn't quite right, and that they've tried to take action to change that. They've, they've employed somebody in Dane Murphy who has got a very good, proven track record of of securing success at another Championship club, whilst also, you know, doing a lot of things that they want to achieve. They 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 want to get the recruitment right. They want to be a club that, uh, you know to be blunt about it, can, can sign young players and, and, you know, maybe make a profit from them just to keep their, 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 their plan for running Nottingham Forest as a club has been generally to, to sell one player every summer for a, a significant amount of money, which has helped them to, to stay with an FFP. The, the, the fact that other clubs have taken a different path is uh, a different debate entirely, but, uh, you know, I, I can only see it being a positive thing now that Murphy's on board, now that they've got a new recruitment team on board that, you know, seem so far to have got most of their recruitment pretty much right uh, if they're left to do their jobs. Uh, and I don't say that with any real significant doubt, but if they are left to do their jobs, then, you know, it, it can only be better for the future. It feels like Forest are, you know, trying to build an identity and that, with the people they've got on board, they've got a, a good chance of, of doing that if, if they continue uh, for any, cons- you know, significant length of time to be given given the, the opportunity to do that. Yeah, uh, I guess as well, it just feels like with what we've seen with Steve Cooper has been has been refreshing and obviously mm-hmm. the alignment of what we've known. And, and I, 
I'm I'm aware. It's very easy to say the right things and go. I want to do it for you guys, but the the fact that the pitch has actually mirrored it. The pitch has yeah. the, the performances have mirrored it. So I'm going to give you uh, sort of potentially two more bigger questions with it. One that I've been asked to ask by one of the team here is, where do you think Forrest will finish this season? Uh, do you know what? I'm quite optimistic. I think Steve Cooper's made such a big impression, and and the, the style of football, the success of the football, and the positivity you feel in contrasted just a few months ago when Chris Hewton was here is like night and day. It, it, it's just transformed completely in such a short space of time. It's unreal. You, you look at a squad of players that I didn't necessarily think were capable of finishing any more than mid-table. And now you look at them and the way that he's gotten performing and all of a sudden you're seeing much better in, in numerous different players, you know, you look at Jack Colback and the way he's been revived. He he looks like the the Colback of old, who you know was was a very good Premier League player. He he's been completely rejuvenated by just having a manager that believes in him. And and when you look at players like him and you know Lewis Graben's back to his best, uh, the defensive setup just seems so solid. They don't look like they're going to concede a load of goals anymore. They look like they're going to score in every game. It's exciting to watch. You think they're going to win games. I, I I could see them getting, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they did at, at least challenge for a playoff place. They're, they're third in the form table in the last 10 games. It, it's, it, it's ridiculous how much things have changed. They're in promotion form now. And if, if they can sustain that, then they've got every chance of turning this season into something that none of us would have expected a few months ago. Yeah, we was on it with Steve Corey a few weeks ago. It's just when we were doing, well, before Cooper going, I don't know how they turn this around. I don't know mm. how the hell they change it. What do they do? Because Hewton's this, that, or the other. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen such a change that hasn't involved a transfer window before. That's It's just no. incredible to me. And it shows you, for the old guard who were going, well, they should have been bloody trying anyway, but then there's a thing for psychology and you know, people like Cluffy going, you're playing League Two and I'm going to pull you up and make you a superstar. So I think on the edge of that, I think the transfer window is going to be really interesting because it'll be you know his his hand going in his pocket, working with Dane, like say, and his team. Um, but on sort of two ends of that as well, because you must have seen it recently now, people are going on about, just from your experience of this, when you get a player on loan, it's not always essential that you get in a buy-on clause, is it? Because that could be a really bloody good player. They just want to get some, you know what I'm going with. And the other one is Brennan as well. Um, as much as you do or know with that, what do you feel about the chances of Brennan signing or the Jed Spence situation? Well, I think you're right on the loan signing thing. And I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I've written something about that that's going live tomorrow. Uh, you know, Forest seem to make really good use of the loan market this summer. And when Jed Spence signed, my Twitter feed was just full of people saying, why do we need him? Why have we Who signed the loan back? I saw, yeah. And you're like, well, in hindsight, it's probably one of the best signings they made of the summer. And now they're getting flack for not only having, you know, signed him, but for it not being a permanent deal. My understanding is Forrest did try and at least negotiate a, a permanent, uh, you know, a permanent fee for him a clause where they could sign him permanently and they weren't able to do so as the deadline ticked closer. So I think there was always a belief that that was something they could address further down the line. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to make the kind of impact he has in the, in the 10 or 11 starts I think he's had, you know, we're only really talking a short space of time. He, he didn't even start to begin with, uh, but he, he, he has looked like a, a very, very talented young uh, player and you know, Middlesbrough fans, their feedback was that he was 
somebody capable of, of very good things, but was wildly inconsistent. And, and maybe we're yet to see that. Maybe there will come a spell where he isn't so good. Hopefully we won't. But, you know, I think you have to judge his value over a long period of time. I wouldn't put him in the Matty, Matty Cash bracket just yet, for example. But if he could play to this level for a full season, then he'd be a heck of a signing. But but for now, Forrest, I think, uh, you know, preparing themselves for the, the worst and hoping for the best. I think if he does go, they'll have alternative options. But I think they're still hopeful that they might, might just be able to pull something out of the... Uh, out the fire and find a way to keep him here. But I hope he's poor just before January. So they go, oh, we'll keep him on loan at the end of the season. Then he goes good. <laughs> and how far how far away do you think Forrest and Brennan are? Because it's, that's a thing that bothers people as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like anything's close, but, you know, things can change very, very quickly. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it's hard to to say what I'm going to say without sounding critical, and I don't really mean it in any sense to be a criticism, but Brennan's in a very good position at the minute where his star is only rising, and uh, you could kind of understand it if he didn't want to commit to a, a deal that was anything less than absolutely outstanding for him. Mm. And at the same time, uh, Forrest are probably in a position where they're, they haven't sold anybody this summer, uh, or in the summer just gone, and they're still probably trying to work to stay within FFP limitations. So there's probably a cap on what they could offer. Uh, I think if they would sell somebody in January, they might be in a position to offer Brennan something more significant than they currently can. Uh, And, you know, I don't think that the fact he hasn't signed a contract is any way uh, something that should be read into a desire for him to leave, for example. I don't think there's a desire there to try and get him out in January. I think he's very happy playing football on a regular basis, a club he's been at for a long time, a club that he's got family ties to. Uh, I don't think there's any rush to get him out of the city ground exit, but it feels like something that one way or another might not be settled until the summer. We'll see. This is this is where he signs a contract in the next few days and makes me look like an idiot, but I, I don't I don't sense that you know anything's immediately on the on the horizon for now. Yeah, he chooses to take a pay cut just to prove you wrong and to go, you know, just yeah. do it week by week. Listen, thank you so much for joining us. I'll let you get back to your, the rest of your evening while I do a quiz with Lisa and Holly who can't yeah. wait. For- One thing I would say as well is that it was Lisa who told me to turn my video off. I don't know why. Was, was I expected to be playing some sort of mystery quiz or something? No, no. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. Well, we do do a thing where we have a mystery guest, but I thought it might be slightly defunct. Uh, to- <laughs> might be quite easy to guess me. Hence the Esteban. Who's that? that that's um, where Esteban came from. It was meant to be sort of a mystery name, so you wouldn't be able to know who I was. And well, I'm just saying, like, some sort of well, well, Madonna not, not having my video on for the entire time we've been talking. I'll try and get a collection of uh, different genitalia and see if you can guess who they are in football going forward for next time we have you on. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to speak to you again sometime in the future, Paul. And, um, yeah, all the best with Athletic. Um, yeah, I love reading the stuff. And we will see you next time. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All the best to you guys, too. So, okay, it's time for this week's quiz, uh, which, first of all, we're going to do this. Then it ends. Uh, I still stand by that being one of the greatest theme tunes. It's such a waste of really beautiful chords and stuff. And we all had a little boogie while that was going on. Um, So, yes, we are going to do this home and away. So the the point of this is I'm going to give you the score. 
Uh, there's 10 questions, but I might cut it down. Uh, I'm going to give you the score between Forest and another team. Okay, nice and easy. So let's say if it was a cup final, you'd say it was Forest 1, Tottenham 2. Now, just because I'm saying Forest first doesn't mean that they were the home side. You guys have to tell me if Forest were home or away in the game. I will tell you who scored as well. Okay, so it's not going to be awful. I don't need to know the result because obviously you'll be like, if there's five goal scorers, you'll have a guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did think that one through because, you know, I've, I do think about it sometimes. And the, this is the other bit. For two other points, if you can give me the year of the game and the kit Forrest were wearing. I know. Look at the screwed up faces. Now, what I discussed this with Dan, and Dan was like, that's a great quiz. That's a great quiz. And it's, well, I don't know if Lisa were like that. I don't know if I'll it, but I thought. Who well, doesn't like that quiz? This is just as much for everybody listening. So, oh, hello to Steve if you're listening at three in the morning as well, like you always are. It's our new thing saying hello. Um, so, yes, without further ado, Lisa, you're on top as it stands here. So, I'm going to ask you uh, to. Well, I mean, look, if it's awful, we can just do another quiz next week with audio sounds but i didn't know you're on so anyway uh one to ten please lisa fox number two okay now i think you'll be all right lisa i think you'll be all right so if you got it right you will hear this And that little bit of uh, someone's been at netball number, so you'll get that if you got it right. So number two, it was Forest two, MK Dons one, was the score. I won't say if it's home or away. The goals were scored by Chris Cohen and Britt Asombalonga. Was it home or away? What was the kit and what was the year? God, um. <laughs> See, no, you were nodding though. There is wine. <laughs> Oh, it's the wine. There we go. It was away. It was when Britt had not long returned from his injury uh, and he did the selfie picture. Um, what? <laughs> That's as far as I can go with it. So that was about, I don't know. I don't even know how long he's been gone. Who, Britt? Yeah. A little while. So you're going away. Um, do you know what the kit is? A red one. Nice. Okay. And then the year you're going for? Actually, actually. Oh. Actually. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't get. I decided we played in black. Oh, gone for black. Lisa, I've got to tell you, you've got two points. They played in the black Adidas away with Fawaz on, and it was 2016, was the Yeah, year. I wouldn't have got the year. Um, so I'll give you a bit of a home and away there. Um, Holly, Look you have got one, two, well, nine left. Pick one. I want some wine now. Let's all just get drunk into a podcast. All right, Holly, what are you going for? Uh, can I have number nine, please? You can have number nine. I, what we'll do is, because the numbers move when I delete one of them, so just give me the number. I'll say how many's left. So number nine. <clears throat> the score was Nottingham Forest two, Liverpool four. And the Forest goals were scored by Steve Stone and Ian Wurman. Three points available. Steve Stone and Ian Wurman. Um, Okay. I honestly don't remember this one. I only I do because like I rang my friend when we were tuning up going, having a go, and then we uh, lost. So I think it's home. Home. And... Do you know what we could do? We could do it to make it even easier. You, I mean, for those for those aficionados, often in the details, but if you think it's home, just you'll say red. If you think it's away, I want to know what the kit was. All right? Because it will be a different colour, potentially. So you're going home red, and then what year do you think? Hmm. 
Holly, you haven't got any points, I'm afraid. No. It was away and it was the yellow <clears throat> kind of like Bayern Munich away kit, as it was, as the famous one. And it was 1996 ah. when uh, I was just a slip of a thing. Uh, Lisa, one to eight. Favourite Chris Cohen, number eight. Number eight. Ooh, I think this is a horrible question, Lisa. Oh, good. Okay, but we want to hear that theme tune, so I hope you get it right. Forest one, West Ham four. Forest goal scored by Robbie Findlay. Oh, goodness me. I know. What a stinker. Some of them are easy and some of them are hard. So, was it home or away, do you think? Do you remember Forest getting a kick in 4-1 at home by West Ham when you were watching it? Or was it an away game at the old bowling? No, and Robbie Finley only scored a couple of goals for us, didn't he? So, hmm. See what I mean? It's not the hardest because you can try to, you can have a rough idea of when Robbie Finley was playing. Hmm. Are you going to say things like, I was bringing up children, Ryan? I was busy. I was bringing up children. Um, so that must have been around the same sort of time as Wes Morgan scored in the 3 3 draw against Notts County uh, in the Cup. Um, and we'd kind of got up to leave and then shuffled back into our seats as West scored and we went to extra time. I remember that game, but I still can't remember the year. But I'm going to go for 2012. 2012. And you're going for home or away? I'm going for away. Oh, Lisa. What I would then have asked you the kit, but you got it wrong because it was at home and it was the Victor Chandler with the big white collar and the stripy candy socks. It's gone all very fashion all of a sudden. It's, it's all into a drag race. And it was 2011. Oh, I know. Damn it. Know. But you know what? I'm, I'm celebrating more is that I kept your interest during the whole question. But it was 11, uh, it was the 11-12 season. I, I think the same with the one with, that Holly just did before, the 5-6 season. Yeah. You have to try and think if it looked cold or warm and then was it which side of the year it was. Holly, we've got one to seven. Uh, number seven, please, Freebs. Number seven. Ooh, I think this is your prime era. I think we're okay mm. with this one. I know you. I always forget which ones you do and don't like. Um, so the score was Nottingham Forest one, Sheffield United three, and the goal was scored by Jamie Patterson. Was it home or away? Was it? Home and away. I know it can't be both, but um, yeah. I just want to play that music. I'm going for away. Yeah, away. Okay, so if it was away, what kit were they wearing at Sheffield United? Oh. See, I think you've just done what a lot of people will be listening and doing. They've gone, oh, yeah. It was a weird... Short- was, it that, was it that cup game where we played a, re- a really weird hybrid kit that we never would have played normally? Was it that one? I'm going to but give you the, the point. It was the third Fawaz kit, the white one, but they wore red shorts with it for some That's random right. And what year was it? You've got two points already. Ooh. Nail the triple and get the home and away uh, sting. 2014. Oh, got all three. It meant more than I had to be back at work. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. But yes, it was well done. That was, yeah, we mm-hmm. went one nil up and got a 3-1 kick in. Now I was confused by that. So we were obviously championship. I got a feeling were they lower league? That were they lower than us in the? Were they league one? I got a feeling they for some really weird reason. I thought we should have won that game. Oh, it was Nigel was in charge, wasn't he at Sheffield United? Uh, right. Anyway, I mean, talking to myself like a crazy person at a bus shelter. Uh, Lisa, one to six. Number four. Number four. <laughs> oh wow! This is. Oh, by the way, Holly, you're you're winning three two. Um, okay. This is. 
a given, I think, really, Lisa. Uh, it's Nottingham Forest 2, Huddersfield 0. Remember, that doesn't necessarily mean it's at home. And the goals were scored by Lewis Graben and Joe Lolly. Home or away? Forest 2, Huddersfield 0. Home or away? Or... Home or away! That must be a home game. Home? So we were in red. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not last year, the year before. So what, what was that? 2009. You're asking me what two years ago was? Yeah, 2019. Holly, do you think that's right? You need that I'll mute. be honest, I, I can't remember what Lisa said. <laughs> so Lisa said two years ago. It's actually this season away, high viz, 2021. So no... We didn't score. Grabbin and Lolly. No. Grabbin no. and Lolly. No. Because he was against his former side. No, don't believe you. Oh, don't make me go on the BBC. Oh, right, it was contentious if it was an own goal, but it was ho- It was Lolly. It was an own goal. Lolly. It was not given to Joe, Joe Lolly. I dis- Lolly scored the goal. It was a good Joe Lolly goal, wasn't it, Lisa? Did you it see it? It was disputed. I am not having that. Oh, Holly, what do you think? What should I do? I'll give what, it a Would you try. have got it if it was grabbing an own goal? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yes, I've gone for this season. That's why I'm. Con- that's why I was confused. I'm going to give you two points rather than three because you could just be very good at shifting it. Uh, right, Holly, one spot. The, the whole point is that the all they talk about, all David Bloody Prutton talks about, is the fact that he hasn't scored in 57 chances. <laughs> yeah, David Prutton, if you're listening. Um, Holly, one to five. Uh, number three, please. Oh, oh God. I don't know. You might just, just say don't know pretty quickly. Forest four, Middlesbrough nil. Goals by Pierre Van Hoydonk, two. Kevin Campbell, one. Colin Cooper, one. See, the thing is with this quiz, which I quite like, is that even if you really haven't got a clue of the game, you might be able to guess the year by the names. That's why when Graben and Lolly could, you know, like you say, Lisa, it could have been a couple of years ago as well. So Forrest give Middlesbrough a 4-0 kick in. Two from Pierre, one from Kev Campbell and one from Colin Cooper. What year and is it? Home and Give a man a button, he'll press it all day. Home. Home. Yeah, that's one point for you, Holly. So the kit is red. So obviously you don't get an extra point for that. And what year are you going for? It was actually the black. Uh, oh, I can't really tell you that. I don't. The pinnacle. Know. The pinnacle with the black, three black sections. Yeah, which did have Labats yeah. on it. So what year? Should be a gimme now, right? I feel I'm going to get this wrong. Well. That's what life's all about. <laughs> uh, 98. I love that. I don't know who's meant to be back at netball, but it's really bothering me. Yeah. So that was a top of the table clash. And we absolutely laced them at home 4 0. It was a cracking game. Um, Lisa, there's only four left. So one to four. Number one. <sighs> I was at this game and. When I say the goal scorer, his head was bandaged. Now you'd think because I was at it, it has to be home. But when you see what the game is, Forest won, Notts County nil, Stan Collymore. Home or away? Because I could have gone over the trend. Yeah. Forest won, Notts County nil. Yeah. Or was it Notts County nil, Forest won? But the goal scorer was Stan Collymore, who had a bandaged head. 
I've never heard. It was the first time I'd been to a derby, um, Nottingham derby. And it's the first time I'd heard the word, you know, the Nottingham, Nottingham song so loud because they sing it as well. I just didn't realize. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. What are you thinking? Home or away? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm glad you think it's interesting. I'm sure you don't, but it's. it's I am going to go for home. One point, Lisa. Therefore, you don't have to tell me the kit because it was the pin. It was a pinstripe umbro. Hmm. And the year. Now then, nineteen nineteen. Start definitely wasn't Stop. wasn't in the nineteenth century or the twenty first. Twenty. Oh God, uh, I'm trying. I'm going back now. When did yeah. Stop play for us? Well, we went down. We went down. Ninety-four, ninety-five. So ninety-three, ninety-four was the first season back down. Oh. I don't think Holly will mind you telling you that. So you've got a choice in ninety-three or ninety-four because it's definitely in the championship or league one as it was. Yeah. Did we play them in ninety-three? Nineteen ninety-three. Yes. You did. You got it. It was nineteen ninety-three. I think I remember it being bloody cold. That's all I can. So Lisa, you've <laughs> now moved to six points. You're actually in the lead, Lisa. Three questions left, so it's going to get decided. And obviously, there's multiple facets to this quiz. I hope you're uh, enjoying it at home and uh, on the wine as well, or if you're driving, uh, milk. Uh, Holly, uh, one to three. Uh, number one, please. Oh, this one's easy. Uh, Nottingham Forest, five. Aston Villa, five. Graben, two. Carvalho, Cash, and Lolly. Yes, Carvalho scored a goal. Um, was it home or away? It was away. It was away, Holly. You've got a point. So that's put you on six. Uh, what was the kit? It was that white kit, I think. Made by who? I think I need that Ooh, one. Bet's right, wasn't it? Was it Bet's right? But who's the manufacturer of the uh, the kit? Um, oh, gosh. It was... Um, did we have Matt Cromwell? Macron, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, it was and, Macron then, yeah. Yeah, to get the, to get the full caboodle and the, the theme tune. What was the year? We were all alive. <laughs> we, were, we were all <laughs> watching. <Is> it down? <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Driving somewhere, I can't remember where. Uh, I, remember, I remember where I was. Good. But I can't remember the year precisely. Oh, um, really helps, doesn't it? Um, 2017. Oh, it was 2018, Holly. No. 2018, even Lisa's nodding in agreeing. So now I got it right. So, uh, Holly, you take a 7 6 lead with two questions to go. Now, um, yeah, with what I will see what's coming up. Lisa, one or two. Well, one of these is easy, and one of them is not. Number one. <gasps> you picked the easy one. Forest one, Arsenal two, Jeff Thomas. How is that easy? How many goals did you see Jeff Thomas score against Arsenal? Oh, good grief. Uh, I can't remember. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Right. How many goals did you see Jeff Thomas score? For Not Forest? many. Not many. So, Jeff did Thomas get the one? scores against Arsenal. Was it home or away? <sighs> Let's build this together. Home or away first. Let's see how you go. <laughs> even, even that's a hard question. Well, it's 50-50. It's better than the other <laughs> Let's go with you because because you're leading the question by how many goals did I see him score? No, I wasn't leading that. I meant in no, his I know, career. I know. I saw him score this goal. 
Did you? But yeah, but you lived down south. I think it was home. It was away. Of course it was. So we were playing in white. We were playing in blue. Of course. And the year. <laughs> so in that case then. Our times have faltered. Hmm. I haven't got a clue what year it was. Really, I haven't got a clue. Well, Forrest... 2002. No, well off. Uh, Forrest, yeah. uh, Forrest just got promoted and Van Oudon decided to go AWOL. And our first oh, so it was about 97. Away, away at Derby. Uh, Arsenal had just won the double. And we went along to Highbury. And we were singing, we were I think I probably Pierre was right, there. Right, right. And they were singing Pierre Van Oudon. It was 1998. It was the yeah. start of the 98-99 season. And Overmars scored like an overhead kick thing and won it for them at the end. So, uh, Holly, you've already won, but you can just stretch it. And this is a harder one, I think. So, I mean, Lisa, you know, should have got that one really, uh, but she doesn't care. She's been drinking. Um, anyway, it's Forest, it's Forest. I do have, I have no recollection of this game at all. When I found it today, I was like, really? Forest two, two goals, Paul Evans and Gareth Taylor. I have no recollection of this game happening. I can't remember. I've, I don't think I've ever missed a Forest Derby game in terms of watching it in some capacity. 2-2, two, two, was it home or away? Paul Evans and Gareth Taylor with the goals. Me neither. Um, home? You've got a point. Yep. So, um, and if you, for those who care, <laughs> a red one with like a little bit of white here and all like flex on it. Anyway, yeah. This is a dark period of trying to guess years with Forest. This was gloomy Ooh. times. 99. No, 2005. Oh. Yeah, well off. But um, just for old time's sake, let's have it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, so we might have some more home and away in the future because I've got a funny feeling that'll be more popular with people listening than actually with you guys. But um, a bit of a longer one. Uh, I've got some editing to do, I'm sure. Uh, but thank you so much, Lisa and Holly, for joining me. What are you going to do in the international break, Lisa? Just, uh, what are you going to do? Just to be counting up still the, the fundraising and getting the final total? Or... Still counting up, still chasing people for money, still getting their uh, prizes out. The, I know we spoke on the pod a couple of weeks ago about the Clough and Taylor piece that I had that uh, I was really excited about in the auction yes uh, for over a grand so mm-hmm. if it has anything that is signed by Brian Clough and Peter Taylor uh, be aware that it is very very valuable I've got Brian I've got two Brian Clough signatures but mm. not Taylor I'm afraid he was already did by that point um, and Holly what have you got planned for the next couple of weeks um preparing for my driving test oh my god happy 16th birthday how is it <laughs> I left it late. Yeah, have you just been living Way in London late. that long? You never really needed it. Yeah, exactly. And couldn't afford it to be honest. So you go. Yeah. Oh, I just had a chauffeur. Just always, always <laughs> went out with someone who drove me around. Uh, well, I'm going. I had to, a horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be looking after a one-year-old and trying to tell her about the the world of Nottingham Forest. And she's got some new Wellingtons coming. That's a new exciting world, isn't it? With a gruffle, I want to. I won't change it for the world. And for those uh, those of you. Uh, we're going to say goodbye with this. You know we belong together. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, you Reds, thanks for the tales for joining us as well. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye. <laughs>